You're listening to Comedy Central. March 28, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Tonight is the star of the biggest movie in America right now. We're so excited to have her back on the show. Lupita Nyong'o is joining us. Also, also on tonight's show, the secret tax on women, the worst best parents, and I'll show you the right way to cut a bagel. So let's catch up on today's headlines. Brexit. It's how people in the UK say, we're screwed. (laughs) And now, things are more Brexit than ever. The future of Britain, one of America's closest allies, is uncertain right now as the Brexit deadline looms. In a last-ditch effort to end the Brexit deadlock, British Prime Minister Theresa May promised Parliament she will resign if it backs her withdrawal plan. If May's plan fails, Parliament would have until April 12th to come up with an alternative or exit the European Union without a deal. Man, this thing is so crazy. She says she's gonna resign. They voted eight times, none of the votes got accepted, and now nearly three years after voting to leave the European Union, the UK still can't figure out how to actually do it. Right now, Brexit is the world's biggest escape the room. That's all this is. (laughs) Everyone's just confused, like, have you tried writing a new trade agreement? Does it work? It's not working. (laughs) What about the Irish border? It's stuck, it's stuck. (laughs) Expelliarmus, that's not a real thing. Well, it was worth a try. All right, we could just stay in the room. I like the room. I don't want to leave the room. Well, bloody hell, it wouldn't be an escape the room if we didn't escape, did it? Well, I know this seems complicated, but let me break it down for you. John Oliver! (laughs) John Oliver, you're here to save us. No, actually, I live in America now, so this is your problem. But I do have a very funny way to explain how totally screwed you are. So bloody screwed. Oh, my God! So that's basically Brexit. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. You know, to be honest, we shouldn't be surprised that the British are taking this long to leave Europe. I mean, they aren't good at leaving anything. You know, pubs, uh, colonies, yeah? Why do you think Alfred is still living with Batman? (laughs) A 40-year-old man doesn't need a nanny. He just doesn't know when it's time to leave. Batman's probably like, I told you I can take care of myself, Alfred. He's like, you just crank it, sir. How about a little bat nap? I'm like, okay, Alfred, only if you give me my bat blankie. Of course, sir, of course, yes, of course, sir. In other news, Jussie Smollett. A month ago, the Empire actor was attacked by two Trump supporters who turned out to be Nigerian weightlifters, who turned out to be American brothers. Then after Jussie was arrested for faking a hate crime, all the charges were suddenly dropped for no reason. And now the story is getting weird. Just when you thought the case of Jussie Smollett couldn't possibly have any more twists and turns. It does, 
again. Jesse Smollett uh, told police that he was attacked by two men wearing masks. Um, now his attorney says one of them might have even been in whiteface. It took me all of five minutes to Google. You know, I was looking up the brothers, and one of the first videos that showed up actually was one of the brothers in whiteface doing a Joker monologue with white makeup on. And so it's not, it's not implausible. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so now, Jussie's lawyer says he might have thought those Nigerian guys were white guys because they were wearing makeup under their ski masks? <laughs> and she says that makes sense because she saw a video where one of them was in whiteface. Now, first of all, that's not whiteface, <laughs> all right? That's joker face, <laughs> all right? That's not how white people look. No one sees that and goes, oh, hey, is that Kyle? <laughs> Who gets confused with this? And just by the way, by Nigerian movie production standard, that YouTube clip is a blockbuster. I mean, that movie... <laughs> In fact, I actually hope they make a Nigerian Joker movie. It would be amazing. <laughs> It'd be the best thing ever. It'd be like, ah, what's so serious, Batman, huh? Can you answer that for me, Batman? Why are you so serious, huh? <laughs> And also, why do you still have a nanny? You're a grown man, Batman, huh? It's time to grow up, huh? All right, moving on to some sports news. The Olympics is getting desperate again. Olympic athletes are a step closer toward going for gold in breakdancing. The International Olympic Committee's executive board has officially recommended adding breakdancing to the 2024 Paris Olympics. They hope it will help attract a younger audience. The committee will also consider three other sports for the Paris Games. Skateboarding, surfing, and sport climbing. Ooh, breakdancing at the Olympics. Yeah, I like that idea. Mostly just because I want to hear Olympic announcers commenting on breakdancing. Yeah, you know, they'll just be like, and there's the lock. <laughs> Waiting now for the pop and... Oh, and there it is, this fool knows what's up. <laughs> and look, I, I get that they want to make the Olympics more interesting, but you don't have to add new sports. There's already too many sports, right? Just take the sports you already have and add the word death to the name. <laughs> now, I'm watching everything. Yeah, I don't care about luge, but death luge? <laughs> I'm in, huh? Death hurdles? Huh? Are you kidding? Death javelin? Who's gonna die? And death curling? I'm just waiting to see what the brooms are for. Are you shitting me? And finally, finally, this is a story that really affected me personally. Uh, I've lived in New York City for almost four years now. And you know what I love about this amazing city? Is how multicultural it is. Like, you can bring your own everything to this place. Your own music, your own language, your own style, and there will be space for it. But one thing New Yorkers will not tolerate is you messing with their food. Hold the cream cheese and lay off the locks. A Bagelgate controversy has exploded on social media. Well, St. Louis man is taking some serious heat for having his bagels sliced a little differently. He bought the bagels for his office and had them sliced vertically like bread. He said it was a hit at the office. However, some called it a crime against bagels. The NYPD's chief of detectives also weighed in saying it was out of the department's jurisdiction, but he says it would never happen in New York City. Yeah, that's right, never in New... Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? You know what, as a New Yorker who's adopted the city, this boils my blood. Come on, man. You don't bread slice bagels? What, do you eat pizza with a knife and fork as well? Huh? You eat sushi with your ass? What are you doing? <laughs> 
There's only one proper way to eat a bagel. And now you guys know it because you're New Yorkers. I don't need to tell you this, but for everyone else out there, it's really simple when you're eating a bagel, right? What you do is, you've got your bagel, you've got your lox, and you've got your cream cheese, okay? That's what you got, okay? And then what you do is, you try and put everything in the blender. So you put the cream cheese in the blender with, with the lox as well, okay? And then you get the bagel in there, there we go, like that. And I don't know what you're thinking, yeah, that looks a little bit dry. That's why I add a lot of soy sauce, right? But not too much. Just one bottle, okay? And then what you do is you make sure you got that all in, and then you just blend that all. Come, come on, come on. You got, it's like really tough, but it's, it's great, it's delicious. You get that really chunky, oh, that's, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There we go. And that's how you make. Mm, mm, mm. That's how you make a New York baby. L'chaim, baby. All right, let's move on to today's top story. Mm, mm. Just had a soy burp. Mm. The college admissions scandal. For the past few weeks, the whole country has been rocked by the news that hundreds of parents have been accused of bribing their kids' way into America's elite colleges, and also USC. And now... (laughs) And now some of the people involved are beginning to face the consequences. This morning, there's word of new investigations. While the first wave of defendants charged in the scheme appeared in court, coaches charged with taking bribes, test proctors accused of helping wealthy students cheat on their admissions tests, facing federal charges in Boston. Yale announced Monday that it has rescinded the acceptance of one student linked to the scandal. USC now says it may expel students who are connected to the college admissions bribery scandal. Yes, the coaches who helped these parents in the scam are now facing major jail time. I mean, of course they were gonna get caught, all right? When the water polo coach shows up to practice in a Bentley, there's gonna be some questions, all right? (laughs) And there are some people who feel bad for the kids who did nothing wrong, you know, because now they might get kicked out of college because of what their parents did. The truth is, it's sad, but it does make sense. It doesn't really matter if the kids didn't know their parents bribed their way in. The point is they got into the school under false pretenses, right? I mean, if Tinder puts Chris Hemsworth's photo on your profile, people are gonna swipe right, but you can't blame your matches when they bail out of the date, you know? They get there and they're like, ooh, this is not what I was promised. Like, yeah, but I didn't know. It's like, yeah, but I know, ooh. (laughs) And this whole college admission scandal has brought up a wider conversation about a couple of things. Uh, For instance, what's gonna happen to Fuller House without Aunt Becky, you know? (laughs) Personally, I don't think they need her because if you ask me, that house was already too full. But a larger conversation people are having is how some parents are so obsessed with giving their kids an easy life that they're willing to do anything. But as strange as it seems, this kind of parenting is actually a growing trend. In the wake of the college admission scandal, there's been a lot of discussion about overparenting. Well, say hello to snowplow parents, moms and dads, determined to clear any obstacle from their child's path. Yeah, according to a recent New York Times Morning Consult poll, 76% of parents have reminded their adult children of deadlines, including for schoolwork, and 15% say they have called or texted their college students to wake them up for their classes. One more stat from that, 11% of parents with adult children would call their child's employer if he or she had an issue at work. 
No, 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 no. <laughs> there are parents out there who are calling their adult children's bosses if there's an issue. Those are two people who should never be interacting with each other, all right? A parent talking to a boss is so crazy that it's not even a combination in the porn world. You understand that, <laughs> huh? You understand that? And they have every combination, all right? <laughs> they've got teacher students, they've got pool boy housewife, they've got dad babysitter, they've got astronaut babysitter, they've got pool boy astronaut, but there's never been a porno that was like, my son needs a standing desk in his office and I'm not taking no for an answer. <laughs> That's not a thing. And if you thought those examples of snowplow parents were weird, Wait until you hear how far one parent went to shield her kid from something even scarier than missing class, wet food. This is an anecdote in the New York Times. One girl, child, did not like to eat sauce with her food. So her entire life, her parents helped her avoid sauce. Tomato sauce, ketchup, mustard, okay, all of that. They even called their friends' houses before dinner to make sure there was no sauce available. If but the girl she, was going over If the girl over was there. going over. So if the, when she went to college, that's when the problem was. She didn't know how to cope with the cafeteria options of sauce. So she ended up dropping out of school. I, I don't even know where to begin with this one. <laughs> you dropped out of college because of sauce? <laughs> that was your big concern at college? Everyone else at school is like, impeach Trump, abolish ICE. And this girl's off to the side like, and what about sauce? <laughs> Dry food matters. Dry food matters. Uh, maybe just sit this one out, Megan. <laughs> like, I've heard of people being picky about food, but no sauce is just so broad. Like, what, what does that mean? No, no tomato sauce? No gravy? No condiments? Are you okay with guacamole? <laughs> Hummus, is that sauce? Can you moisturize? <laughs> no, because I mean, lotion is basically just sauce for your skin. I mean. <laughs> so look, this whole snowplow parent thing is pretty bizarre. And you might be wondering, what kind of parents would do such crazy things for their kids? Well, we were wondering that too. So here at The Daily Show, we decided to make a little documentary to find out who these parents are. Hi, I'm Arnold. And I'm Deborah, and we're snowplow parents. Yeah, we try and clear any obstacles or challenges that may be in the way of our precious boy, Billy. Mm. I knew he was special from the moment he stopped wearing diapers at age five. You know, we just want his life to be perfect, so we fix all of his problems before he even realizes it's a problem. Yeah, whether it's buying him Instagram followers, uh, paying a cheerleader to go to prom with him, or even beating up potential bullies before he gets to school. Hey, you a bully? Huh? I love my son. Look, I'm not gonna lie, it's hard keeping up with it, especially as he's gotten older but it got a lot easier once we quit our jobs. What's the hardest thing you've had to do? He still doesn't know that his grandma died last year. Mm. It's tough keeping that ruse going. Hello, Billy. It's your very much alive grandmother. By the way, thanks for putting me in this awesome documentary about gifted teenagers. Oh, no, no. This documentary is about snowplow kids. What? Whoa. Michael Costa and Desi Lydic, everybody. We'll be right back.
back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is an Academy Award-winning actor who currently stars in the number one movie in the country, Us. Please welcome Lupita Nyong'o. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. It's and good to be and back. welcome to the biggest movie in America. This is like a run that you are having. I mean, Black Panther and now Us. How does how does it feel? Uh, it feels it feels really good. <laughs> I won't lie. <laughs> as, as it should. I mean, Us has really done amazing numbers. You know, what, what's, what's been particularly impressive about it as well is that it's, it's not a reboot, it's not, it's not a remake, it's not a re-anything. It's a completely original film that has blown people away. And I won't lie, I went to, I went to watch it in the cinema mm-hmm. with my friend. I was like, we're gonna do this thing. Yeah. And I sat down with my friend Dave and we're like, we're gonna watch this movie. And both of us are terrified of horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> and you are one of the scariest horror characters I have ever come across. Oh, thank you. How, how sweet. <laughs> what, what was that like for you, though? Because that's a character I've never seen you play before. I know, and it was a character that I've, I, I've never seen myself play. Uh, this film stretched me in such exciting ways. You right. know, doing both Adelaide and Red, who are so different from each other, and just accessing that really dark and, uh, you know, ooh, uh, damaged uh, right. part of, of that character and, and allowing myself to be freaky and, and um, creative, you know? Right. That's what that role gave me, a chance to really be creative and go to places that I've just never been. Yeah. Right, and I'm, uh, I'm not giving away any of the plot that's not in, like, the trailer, but, but, but basically we, we see this family, you know, it's yourself and, and Winston Duke and you, you have your kids and you're on this vacation, and then there's another f- version of you that shows up, mm-hmm. which is one of the most terrifying things, mm-hmm. is you looking at you, like the dark side of you. Mm-hmm. It was like a very powerful message just in, in, in that moment in the film. Yeah, it's about the duality of human nature. You know, we all have a darkness inside of us that we often suppress. And when it goes unattended to, unacknowledged, it can sometimes, you know, rear its ugly head and actually be quite destructive to us and right. in the world. So Adelaide, she's convinced that something bad is about to happen. And then she's proven right when these doppelgangers show up. And, I, I don't know that life. I don't know that my destructive side would want to kill me though. I feel like 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 if there was like an evil Trevor, he'd come out and be like, I'm evil. Hey Trev. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I feel like we'd get along. Um, <laughs> the movie has you showcasing so many different talents because you're playing a completely different character. Mm-hmm. When you're doing that, you're you're not acting opposite yourself because you're not there. You have no. to be there, and then and then you do you ever forget? which version you are? Well, no, because of the hair, you know? I, the hair is so different. Oh, so you change, <laughs> so you'd be like, this is evil hair, this is, right. Evil hair is like this, uh-huh. well, not evil, I don't call her evil. Oh, but, okay. that's, you know, that's interesting. Red hair is right. like this, and Adelaide hair is like that. Let's talk, let's talk about, no, 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 but, but let's talk about this. Yeah. Why don't you call her evil? Because most people, including myself, you watch the movie and you're like, well, oh, she's the evil version. Well, you know, because actually I find that for me, my process as an actor is to find the most human, the most real parts of anybody. Right. When we started, I was actually quite, um, intimidated by the genre, horror. You know, it means to frighten, you know? And I had to 
work on being frightening. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. So I had to like really research what would make someone do the things that this particular character does uh -huh. and then invest in that. Because labeling the character with those judgmental words like creepy or or, right, or righteous right, right. or all that, I think it, it's um, it you it's a projection of qualities that I don't think that person would feel. I don't think Red would be like, you know, I'm really evil. Yes. You know, she would never yes. say that. So I try to avoid that kind of judgment when I'm creating a character. One of my favorite moments I had um, <laughs> going to the movie was we're standing in the in the cinema and we're, we're lining up to, to, to get our tickets. And I overhear one of the people say, well, what's the line for? And then one of the, the, the people in the cinema says, oh, that's for us. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then the guy replies, he's like, is that like a black horror movie? It's like <laughs> a, and I was like, like a black, what do you mean black horror movie? But I, but I understood strangely enough what he was saying. Like some people think the film is like, like black scary or right. scary about a black, but it's, it's not, it's just a story. Right. There's a black family. Right. With, and it's scary. Yeah. And we have black characters at the center yes. and they represent human beings. They represent all American qualities. Right. And uh, it's, it's a novelty to have a black family at the center of a horror film, but their blackness is not in question. Right. It's actually just quite unremarkable. Right. What's remarkable is the circumstances that they find themselves in. And you know, there's, a, there's the duality even in the title of this film, it's us. So when that person said it's for us, it's for, it seems in that moment that that person who's asking is yes. not included, right, you know? Right, right. And that's what this film is about. It's about if there's an us, there's a them. And what happens uh, when we separate ourselves from each other? It's a powerful film. It's doing amazing numbers for a good reason. Uh, it has people freaked out. Uh, you have now done action and horror and drama, which means next up is gonna be a musical. I'm excited for you. <laughs> Lupita Nyong, everybody, us is in theaters right now. Thank you so much. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.